everybody it's a me your host eric anderson with me in studio as always co-host of the show mr nate up and we are the suds buds and this is suds buds presents pints and pixar the show where we chat about the films of our childhood over an adult beverage it's time to crack open the conversation Ooh, that was a good pop. That was a great pop. You it d- had you a done? real nice... Tsk. You, you done good, kid. Thanks. Let's see the pour. Oh, looking good. A little foamy. Uh, we're about a half and half right now. That's not bad. It'll settle up. Well, that's kind of how that, that's how beers work. We're drinking out of some nice stemware. Yep. We figured we'd class it up for everybody today. You know. Mostly for ourselves, but you know, everybody. Especially occasion. Mm. What do you think? Maybe get a slow pour on these cream meals? Ooh, that could be good. I might do that. I might do that. Alright, do a little slow pour action. But, what do you say in the meantime, we tell people what's up? Oh, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh, spent too much time on the anti-work subreddit, so I quit my job. Um... And, uh, yeah, that's kind of been the biggest thing for me recently. Actually, I had nothing to do with the anti-work subreddit. It's just fun to say that. It's have, true. It's have you true. been on that subreddit? Yeah, only it's... after you told me about it. It's uh, I kind of love it and hate it. Yep. <laughs> Those people are wild. Yeah. Um, there's a thing going right now uh, for McDonald's where it's the 25 or walk movement. <laughs> people are like... If you don't start paying McDonald's workers $25 an hour, everyone's going to walk. And, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if it worked out that way, to say the least. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the uh, the Black Friday blackout, where a bunch of people are planning on quitting their jobs on Black Friday. Oh, shit. Like, calling in, like, nope, not doing it. I'd be... <laughs> As if those, if it, as if that day's not already like bad enough, right? Like, can you imagine? Yeah, but I don't know. I, you ever go shopping on Black Friday? Um, a few times. It's never been for hot ticket items. Mm-hmm. It's always been for like one weird thing that I wanted to save a little bit on. But I've never like waited in line for a crazy long time at Black Friday. I've never like gone and dropped like a grand but i've definitely like remember back in the day probably like 10 years ago i think i was like it was right when i got my license i um bought a tv from shopco on black friday (laughs) it was like the easiest thing walked in put it in my cart rang it up saved like 150 bucks it's not bad but yeah i've never done like the crazy like walmart on black friday thing no black friday i mean i don't i don't really go shopping much anyway so Black Friday just seems like a worst of both worlds kind of thing to me. Like I might not get what the thing I want. Like I don't ever really go into a store not knowing what I wanted to buy. Um, but uh, ooh, I'm trying to. All right. Um, I just slid uh, Nate his glass of beer 
Got a real nice slow pour on that. That is nice. It's a little, little mountain on there. I need to top mine off a little bit. Ooh. Nice cream ale. I suppose we haven't even talked about what we're drinking here. Yeah, so we are drinking the Suds Cream Ale from Bang Brewing Company. Been a been a big fan of Bang Me this too. whole season. Every time we, every time we got a bottle, it's yeah. I've put a lot of people onto that place, and it's a real small little joint, but uh, really fun place to hang out in the summer. They just announced some special winter hours for to go um, beer, and then uh, yeah, they got really good uh, like wood fired pizza there. So nice, pretty cool spot. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna be sipping this over uh, the course of today's episode, along with a few other possibly uh, old favorites, maybe some new ones. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, let's see what else. You quit your job. I still am working, doing the same old thing. Um, we went to a wrestling show this weekend. Oh, that was fun. We saw drove all the way from uh, California to Minneapolis, Minnesota, to see AEW's first ever show in Minnesota at the Target Center. And then uh, the following night, they were actually there for their pay per view, which we did not make it to, but. Friday Night Rampage was a lot of fun. I had first first ever like paid money to go to a wrestling show, and I was not disappointed. You will be getting invited with me again. Uh, <laughs> it's something I want to do more now. I used to go to more shows, but uh, gonna try to hit a couple more this year. They're they're a lot of fun. Pure pure entertainment. Yeah. If you've never been, would highly recommend it. Check out AEW. They're doing big things well and it was i don't know like the the thing i've been like i thought about most is just the fan dedication oh yeah like i mean when chris jericho came out and the whole audience the whole stadium sang every word to his walk-up song right like jericho hasn't been like wrestling in years right but didn't really matter um yeah yeah there's a whole lot of lore with that it's weird yeah I I love pro wrestling so much, um, and I'm always glad to introduce other people to it. So it was uh, it was a big weekend for me. Also went and saw Thundercat. Um, saw him on Sunday night at the Palace Theater. Very fun show. Would recommend. Second time seeing him. Um, and yeah, man, just kind of. No, doing this, closing yep. out this season. Um, little wrap-up. I mean, we had a couple weeks off, but, you know, we had to... It takes a lot of time because we're not very good at note-keeping during the season. <laughs> well, not even so much that. It's just that there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, analysis to do after the fact and, you know, True. taking all of our hypothesis and formulations and, and data and, you know working it through our super complicated and intricate spreadsheets i mean yep. we've got just like the server room in our house has been overloaded from just all the and stuff and things we could actually we didn't even have to turn the heat on that's how much heat it was producing it's true yep. it's true nate tried mining a bitcoin off of it <laughs> and it uh it started to burn exactly so we we almost had yet another california wildfire yeah dude just off of one bitcoin it's, one bitcoin yeah could have cooked an egg on that server. <laughs> but 
But uh, yeah. the nerds out there, you know, they know what I'm talking exactly. about. If you know, you know. And if I have to explain it to you, you wouldn't get it. Yeah, you take know? a logic class. Exactly. Freaking poser. That's what I'm saying. Buy me one NFT, please. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I've been, been shitting on NFTs all week too. It's just been fun. Well, we might have a beer that's NFT related. I, I admit that that's yep. I saw that. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, just kind of a little rundown for today's events. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments this season. We're going to talk about some of our favorite beers and some of our least favorite beers because we have our entire catalog of beers drank this season. We'll also get a tally on how many we've drank. Um, couple omissions. We didn't rank our Oktoberfest episode and we didn't do our brave episode our cider episode for brave so well we shouldn't even really call it a cider episode i mean granted we drank cider but we drank one brand of strongbow we drank strongbow cider three variations which i wasn't i wasn't disappointed no but we i mean we didn't even give those like a rank we just ranked them among each other yeah i feel like we got a little loaded that episode (laughs) weird yeah funny how that happens i felt a little spicy um so yeah, we got our all of our beers tallied up. Um, we've got our favorite villain rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, we did start the season with music rankings, but we kind of abandoned that a quarter of the way through. Um, so I don't think we'll do that. Um, and then probably finish things off with our uh, our film rankings which yeah. i think people probably kind of already have an idea that i would been say listening. we definitely varied a lot more on those than a lot of our rankings other than i think there's a pretty big discrepancy with our villains but the yes. the film ratings were kind of neck and neck minus like three or four that yeah we we're very different on yeah 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 but are we ranking these beers? As, I mean, I don't see why we wouldn't. Might as well, yeah. Might as well, keep throwing them in there. I was going to say, I'm digging this one. It's pretty good. Yeah. Kind of let it warm up a little bit and see what it, see what gets brought out. It's pretty chilled. Let's see, what else? Oh, today we went disc golfing. Mm-hmm. Actually, just before we uh, hit record, we were out uh, disc golfing. Shout out, Acorn Park, beautiful place. Shout out to our friend... Uh, Greg, Rhonda, and Jeffrey are three deer that we met out there on the course. Um, yep. Rhonda got real close to her. She was probably just a couple feet away. Um, she just kept walking at us. Like, yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I was trying to shoo her off because I didn't want to get too close and like spook her because I did have like a, a light-up disc in my hand. So I was just kind of like, be gone, deer. Maybe that's why she just stood there because, you know, deer in the headlights sort of situation. Yeah, it could be. It could mm-hmm. be. But yeah, a little bit of hybrid disc golf we started out playing in the daylight and by the end we were full night golf mode with our little lights if if anybody hasn't been night golfing i would highly recommend it um a lot of just, fun you just kind of you know you, you eat a disc into the abyss and my god i think it, i think this works um even better if you can find an opportunity to go night golfing in the winter I'm very excited to try that this year. Bring like a nice warm beverage and your snow pants and boots and just trudge around through the snow. Feel like a kid again. Just chucking frisbees. It's kind of like surreal too how like when you throw your frisbee, it'll go into the snow, but you'll see the light glowing up and like illuminating the snow. Like you'll just see the faint outline of like a green disc under the snow. It's pretty cool. That uh, Yeah, I'm very excited. Also, shout out to, you know, 
uh, guest of the show, Randall Cunningham. Randis, uh, Big Andy. Number seven for the Philadelphia Eagles, formerly yeah. Vikings quarterback. Scrambling Randall, legend. Legend in the yeah. real world and in the disc golf world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. If you need that man to pour you a beer or, you know, ace a hole, he's he's got you. <laughs> but one a little more begrudgingly than the other. Yes, that's yeah. true. That's true. Oh, shit. That was one thing I forgot to do. Um, I wanted to get one more Ring of Fire sample from, from Andes. <laughs> That Is that was, something you do? That was a, it was a bit we were doing all last year. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, that was a beer where everybody just wanted to sample it. It didn't really matter. Right. And he, shit, I think we worked like four days in a row together. And he was just like pouring beers for me. And <laughs> at a certain point, he just, like people would walk up and he'd just like walk back and pour a sample. And then it got to a point where I'd be like, Andy, can you grab me a sample of this? He'd drop it, like bring it back up and i just drink it. <laughs> i'm gonna do that i was gonna this say weekend. if he doesn't listen to this episode yeah well this episode doesn't come out for a couple days you got time i'll do it in your honor i appreciate that your honor <laughs> that is what everybody calls me yep judge nathan um sorry i'm a little spacey today we don't have a lot so we're kind of just you know on time riffing a little bit which is what everyone loves they just love it when me and you sit here and fill time yes so they came to here. Catch a buzz, mm-hmm. throw a couple frisbees, and fill time. Exactly. It's it's fun to just listen to people get drunk. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess. I hope people drink while they listen to the show. I don't know necessarily that they do. I know a few that uh, are. it's fairly early in the morning and they're uh, driving to their jobs <laughs> where they have to drive. So Okay, well, you know. And to those people, they are our troopers. <laughs> if you can't drink while you're listening to this, well, we I'm, we love you. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, drinking, you want to you know, tie me off there, pal? Yeah. Be a pal? Uh, it's kind of weird drinking out of the, the stemware today. Normally we've got those low balls. Oh, that was so perfect up until <laughs> that very last thing where you spilled... All over the table, it, all over the carpet. It wasn't the, that much. The pour is perfect, though. Look at that pour. It is a perfect that's, pour. It is a perfect pour. It's a sloppy bartender pour, you know? <laughs> I didn't sp- <laughs> spill that much. I think it's just because I spilt it from such a height that it made like a... Uh, it's a little splish splash. I'll wipe it up with my sock. I don't care. Hey, that a boy. You know, I'm here to help. Took one for the team. Well, somebody's got to do it. Yep. Mm. But, um... So yeah. you been watching any football? Yeah. I know. No. That, ain't, that ain't my thing. No. No. I, uh, it's one of those, like, when other people around me are excited about it and we're watching a game, I can get into it. But for the most part, it is not something that I really give a crap about. Well, I do know that uh, you're going to spend a lot of your uh, unemployment time watching wrestling and catching well, up course. on the 50 year history of that. <laughs> <laughs> Got to catch up on uh, all of. On Luchasaurus's backstory. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Luchasaurus is cool. I'll uh, I'll give you a checklist of matches to watch, and you can report back and let me know what you think. I appreciate that. Um, or Orange Cassidy. Oh, Orange Cassidy's the man. That yeah. that was one of the weirder. Like the the fact that I didn't get to see him like put his hands in his pocket and just like drop off a top rope really bummed me out. Yeah, I got a few Brock Lesnar matches that I want you to check out. Okay. 
just see a big dude <laughs> looks like a pumpkin just kind of wreck some people. Oh, I've, I've seen. I know who Brock Lesnar is. Yeah, he's, he's a bad guy. He's a truck. Yeah. Well, now he's a good guy. He's, he's a good guy now. Yeah. How'd that happen? Uh, I don't know. He took some time off, and now he came back, and he's got a a haircut that kind of looks like an onion. A haircut that looks like an onion. Yeah, it's like like layered. Um. I'm just going to try to find a picture. Maybe we'll have to post it on the gram. Okay. Um, let's see. Nate, you want to fill time? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> uh, who is... Oh, not Brock Lesnar. Um, I was thinking of Kurt Angle. Oh, he's the man, too. I hated that guy. He was, like, my least favorite growing up. Yeah, but that's because he he did his job. He He did do his job. It was, I mean, because his whole thing was just uh, being patriotic, right? Like, he always had the stars and stripes. Oh, <laughs> okay, I get it. I get the onion thing now. Like, I was I was thinking, like, a, a like cut-up onion. No, it's, like, it's pretty perfect. Yeah, he's got, like, a weird little top knot thing going. A little bun. I'm just going to see, like, buns and top knots, and I'm going to think of onion. Yeah, what a, what a weird guy, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, but that show, yeah, I had a lot of fun at that show. I did not know what to expect. I the thing I did expect is paying friggin' twenty dollars for a pint of beer. That was wild. <sighs> yeah, dude. When I, yeah, we we switched to the cheaper stuff after that uh, one mistake. Yep. I guess that is a good note because that 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 is on the topic of the the suds portion of the show. I think I got an Odell IPA. Yeah, like yeah. fucking seventeen dollars. Yep. Nope, not doing that again. As if we didn't already know that the markup on... I mean, that's how breweries make their money is like that markup. Because yeah. that's their product. But like to increase it to that markup is absolutely insane. You can buy six packs at Wild Games for like 60 bucks. <laughs> so dumb. You save like eight bucks. I mean, it makes sense, but Jesus, sixty dollar. What is this toppling Goliath? That's like hey, a, that's a callback. <laughs> that's for like a sixer of like Bud Light Talls. Sixer of Bud Light Talls, sixty bucks. Yep. I mean, if you're yeah, if you're splitting it between like two people, thirty dollars for three Budweisers. Hey, not like. I understand the saving money bit on it, but, like, it still feels terrible. Yep. Like, nothing about that should happen. Also, I love, like, in those stadiums where they've got, like, all the different restaurants or different food stands when they're ran by the exact same people. They use the exact same ingredients. It's like uh, it's like when you go to Taco Bell and you get, like, they've got five ingredients and they just stack them in different ways. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's kind of what it feels like. That's like restaurant 101 is you want to have dishes where you can like repurpose a lot of the same menu items. Mm -hmm. It keeps your costs down, keeps everything fresher. I get it. They almost ran out of popcorn, which is weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Like they're like, oh shit. Like I went up to get a popcorn and uh, yeah, they served it in the box. Like they, you know, pre-box everything. Like, yeah, uh, I think we're out. And I was like, what the fuck? It's popcorn. I suppose they do probably get to a point where they got to shut down the machine and clean it all. And they probably just box up all the leftover stuff. You know, do one last big batch, box it up, and then just... I mean, yeah. they got to go home at some point, too. You well, know? and like, I mean, 
they were i would say right before the or like right as the last match was starting everybody was shutting down like Mm -hmm. all the things pulled and i get that yeah like trying to do like concessions as everybody's leaving would be a nightmare right yeah most definitely but good time yeah definitely excited for the next wrestling show and now now that that uh the the trend has been set i am kind of curious as to how well the tickets sold at aew i think it was a massive massive success that seemed like a pretty full house I mean, it was only like the, uh, granted, that's the much larger part, but like the nosebleeds had some people in them. Yeah. But. I mean, it was, yeah, I think it was a pretty full, lively crowd. And I mean, the next night, people were booing CM Punk, which was like a big deal. Like, he's like just coming back. And the next night at the pay-per-view, that was like a big deal. Minneapolis crowd boos CM Punk. So I think, I think they're happy. I think we proved to be a... Pretty uh, lively oh. wrestling crowd, and I'm there. be shocked if they don't want to come back. I think it's another another market to tap into. There was that fun part too, where the two wrestlers from Minneapolis were yeah. going at it, and the crowd just started chanting both these guys, both these guys. <laughs> like, okay, I don't think that 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 works. I thought it was awesome yeah. though. Massive, like this is awesome chant before they even did any moves. They were yep. standing there, everyone's chanting, probably. I don't know. There's probably fourteen, fifteen thousand people there, close to it. Yeah, probably. Just chanting, "This is awesome!" <laughs> like, dude, this is so cool. There's also a lot of children in the audience, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, AEW still draws a crowd of kids. Not as much as a WWE show, though. You go to a WWE show, mm-hmm. so much more merchandise, so much more just shit for sale, and so many more kids. Okay, like. I mean, I believe it's it. It's kind of crazy. WWE is definitely the more child-friendly program currently. Sure. But, uh... But, yeah, that's that's our wrestling portion of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. As you all know, that's a pretty big staple of every episode of Suds Buds. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. And pro wrestling impressions. You know, <laughs> I've done The Rock, Macho Man, Stone Cold. Um, Had a lot of Stone Cold up in here. Earlier today, uh, Andy was singing, well, it's the big show, yeah. <laughs> Had a little I, bit of that going on on uh, Apex, singing the big show's theme nice. song. Uh, yeah, yeah, wrestling. Do we want to start going through a little uh, roster of yeah. our own? Why not? What do you think first? You think uh, the suds? The I think villains, then we do suds. Then we do the the movie finale. The villains. The right. villains. Because I'm pretty sure his Miles Axelrod still my top. That's what we are here to find out. Pretty sure that's who it was. So, for Pixar villains, we did not have one for every movie. No. But we did have, I believe, 14 of them. Oh, damn. I mean, yeah, we omitted a decent amount of villains just because it's like they either didn't have much to do with the story or they were just like a trash villain. Yeah. Like, or they like they didn't have. Yeah, they, they were a, like a side note kind of villain. Exactly. Yeah. Did we do one for Luca? Did we do a. 
Um, what's his name? Um, I don't. Maybe we did, cause I mean, he was straight up trying to kill people. I feel like he was pretty deep. I don't think we put him in there. Okay. I don't think we did. Maybe it was because I don't know. He was, yeah, he was a weird one. But the other one that we have in here, but I don't have a rating for, is Charles Muntz from Up. We didn't do a rating for Charles. I don't think so. I have him listed in here as a villain, but I don't have what our rating for him was. I remember um, I remember that because we talked about it in the episode, but we kind of established, like, he wasn't really villainous. Like, he did some, like, crazy shit. He was shooting a shotgun, like, at that kid. Correct, correct. But it was more just, like, he was basically clinically insane at that point like he had basically been like mocked out of the scientific community and like he saw them as a legitimate threat to what he was trying to do which was not necessarily villainous i feel like we i feel like we covered that it's it's kind of crazy how most of the contention in this whole podcast series has been from one movie tell you what Here's what we're going to do. This might be our only break we take this episode. We'll see. We're going to take a quick little break. We're going to refresh ourselves on this, settle it, and then give you our villains ranking. Because I want to be sure that we got this as accurate as possible. All right. All right. That's fair. We're going to take a quick little break. We will be right back. What's up, everybody? And thank you for sticking with us. Let's crack open the conversation. Oh, he's trying to pop a bottle here. Hey, how are you? This is, as you can probably tell, a corked bottle. It's another big boy. We're doing it big for the finale. This one comes to us from Unibrew, and it is Le Fin du Monde. Le Fin du Monde. A Belgian triple. <laughs> the end of the world. Croissant. Ale brewed with spices. Bottle refermented we oui, we oui. 19 ibus it is nine percent alcohol by volume le fin du monde the rich and sophisticated golden triple has earned several international titles thanks to its refined taste marked by notes of grains fruit and spice imported by a slight or excuse me supported by a slight bitterness it is a tribute to quebec the city Quebec. Sorry, this is hard to read. The land encountered by 18th, 16th century French explorers who thought they'd reached the end of the world. And I'm going to pour this up, but before we dive into this one, let's rank our last one. I was about to bring that up. I'm like, you're getting a little spicy here, buddy. The last one was Suds, which was a cream ale from Bang Brewing. I really liked it. Had a little more going on than most cream ales. Um, I don't want to say it had a bite to it because it wasn't particularly bitter or strong. It just had like a real nice backbone. More than just the malts, but like the hot profile came through without adding a bitterness to the beer. Yep. It was still light and crushable, but just had a lot of flavor for what it was. Um, and it also just has this touch of sweetness on it, which definitely. I really dig. Um, Low in alcohol, only uh, 4.7%, 21 IBUs. Um, super high carb. I'm going to put it at a, 
I'm going to go 4.5. Ooh. <laughs> and I've got the spreadsheet with me right here. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do this live. Going to add it live? We're going to add it live. Add it live. Um, I'm actually I'm going to be pretty close to you. Like I said, this is a... This is everything I like in a cream ale plus a little bit more. Uh, but nothing feels like you, we've had some beers where like it's a fine beer and then there's just like a, a flavor added to it. But this seems to have like their recipe speaks for itself. Like all of the ingredients are supposed to be there. It's just really well put together. Um, I think I'm going to go... I think I'm gonna go four eight on it. Four eight on the like suds. This is, this is a fantastic cream ale, um, and it's got body to it too, which I've noticed some cream ales don't have a lot of. Like we've anybody who's listened knows that I am uh, no friend to adding, you know, lactose or crap. Yeah marshmallows or things like that to beers um but when you can get achieve that body like naturally i shouldn't say naturally because we've had milk stouts and that's whatever not even gonna get into it (laughs) 4.8 there you go bang knocks another one out of the park i don't know that i've had a bad beer or even like an average beer from them yet yeah, dude. Everything I've had from them is fantastic. I love their um their dark ale as well as their um their sippa, their sparkling IPA. That beer is delicious. I'm actually trying to go back. Um I've got last two seasons spreadsheet in front of me. I'm trying to see if we reviewed either of these beers on the show. I know we've drank Lafin Dumont before. I, there's no way we didn't review Le Fin du Mont. Le Fin du Mont. It's got to be in here, right? Hmm? It's got to be in here. Can I th- you... I mean, I, I don't know how apples work, but um, can you not just search for a, a phrase? Um, like if you click Apple Find or Apple F? I might be able to. I like to do things the hard way, though. Well, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find it. We'll track it down. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I know I've drank this beer in this studio before. Yes. But it's weird because I'm not seeing. It would be a five star beer. Yeah. I almost guarantee. I don't think we. that in the spreadsheet we must have not uh it looks like our whole uh oh i bet that's why it is about we just omitted the belgian episode we omitted the belgian episode a lot of times when we do those special episodes we uh you know we keep it separate because it's not always a fair representation (laughs) of how we feel about those beers across the board as much as it is about how we feel about that particular style obviously people know we we like the beers that's why we did a entire episode about them exactly yeah i get that okay fair enough but yeah we're drinking unibrew le fin du Mm. a favorite of nate and myself's i uh I've been drinking this beer for a while. Um, it is definitely a special occasion beer, and it's not super expensive or rare. It's just mm-hmm. always a solid import. It is a um, 
Canadian brewed Belgian style ale. It's honestly kind of wild how easily available this beer is. Yeah. Like, I, like, I think I'm, I'm sure I told this before, but like even one of like the smaller liquor stores in my hometown, like they got like a, like three or four dusty bottles of this stuff sitting on a shelf. And yeah. I'm like that's cool. That's cool as hell. Um, little hack with this beer that I've actually done before. So this beer, like you said, you can find it just about any liquor store. Um, I actually got lucky and I found this in the cold storage today. A lot of times it is on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be wary of that. As long as it's not on a shelf right in front of a window, you're pretty safe. Um, it is bottle conditioned and bottle refermented. So you're, you know, you can get one of these. It's a year or two old and you'll be all right. As long as it's not just sitting in direct sunlight. Um, and if you bring it home from warm storage and you want to drink it quickly, little hack, take some wet, uh, paper towels, like a downy paper towel, the heavier, the better wrap the bottle in the paper towels, stick it in your freezer for like 15 minutes and it'll be ice cold. Those paper towels just lock it in and basically insulate it. Um, but I've done that before where I've picked this up off of a, a warm shelf and, uh, brought it home and been drinking a cold Belgian and like. 20 minutes mm. that's the dream right there it uh it really a is cold belgian in 20 minutes <sighs> we'll see if we're gonna finish this bottle tonight uh, <laughs> it might be a little spicy might be a little spicy but again that's what the people came for you know mm. look at that a little slow pour belgian action looks good it's your it's your best pour of the, the season probably okay I've done great this season. Yeah, questionable. I am I am the Crowler King. That's why you couldn't hold down your job at the brewery. <laughs> okay, so we're already spicy, and he's uh, you know two pour two ten ounce pours of a uh, a four percent beer in. Oh, you know he's he's teeing me up. Mm. When's the diss track coming out? Oh, that'll be uh, released this holiday season. This holiday season. Yeah, this holiday season. The Christmas redacted diss track. <laughs> Available in all major auto parts stores. <laughs> Only the Irish ones. <laughs> yes, correct. Fuck AutoZone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, why don't, we, uh, why don't we dive into these villains? Um, right. I, know, I know our number one slots are very different, but who's your uh, who's your number three there? Top three. So my number three most villainous villain is Mr. Charles Muntz. Mr. Charles Muntz was the villainous explorer from the film Up. Um, and yeah, kind of this Charles Lindbergh type character that lost his mind and was, you know, living off the grid and offing explorers trying to find this weird bird that he wanted to poach. Not a great guy. I mean, he didn't necessarily even want to poach it. Like, he captured it alive. Like, he fully intended to, you know, bring it back to his zoo to restore his name. Or but, so he said. Yeah. yeah that's fair. I, don't, I mean, he initially, like, in the beginning of the movie, he brought back, like, a skeleton of it that he found. Yeah. And everybody called him a liar. So, like, he had no intention of, like, capturing the bird or stealing the bird or whatever. But then he had to go back because everybody called him a liar. Right. And he wasn't really, like, that menacing until the scene where he kind of corners Carl and you find out he was killing explorers and he kind of threatens Carl. And then at the end, I mean, he's, like, actually shooting at uh, 
um, the kid while they're on the roof of the blimp. So yeah, not a great dude. So I put him at number three overall. Um, number two was Syndrome, kind of an idiot, but also I thought a good supervillain, which was what he was intended to be. Um, and then my number one was Evelyn from The Incredibles two. So my top two spots are reserved for Incredibles characters, which I think you know makes sense that the movie about superheroes had the best villains sure um also i think syndrome wins for most gruesome uh pixar death oh yeah yeah got sucked up into a jet turbine and then like exploded other than maybe hopper oh yeah well he got yeah torn apart by a bird or something but um, that was pretty brutal that was pretty brutal but uh so yeah that's my top three and before i pass along to you i might as well give you the the bottom three um Again, we didn't give every film a villain ranking. We ranked villains for 13 of them. Um, and we had one little discrepancy where I ranked Big Al as villain, and you opted not to, but you ranked um, Gabby uh, Gabby in yeah. Toy Story 4. So Toy Story 2, I had two villains. I had Big Al and Stinky Pete. You just had Stinky Pete. But anyways. I think for... well. For the Big Al thing, and we talked about this a little bit on air, off air, but the Big Al bit seemed kind of weird. Like while he was like a villain in the movie, kind of like he was simply like a toy collector. He had no idea these toys were alive. Like yeah. he was simply trying to like sell them off, like make money. I mean, he did the one Steal thing he, the he stole from the garage sale. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's as villainous as he gets in my book. I think you kind of have the same feeling towards him that I have towards Axelrod. Sure. Where it's maybe hard for me to really see them as a villain, like, in the true sense of, like, the human world. But Fair. Um, but, yeah, yeah Big that, Al is, he's kind of in the middle of the pack for me. He's not at the bottom. My bottom three were actually Stinky Pete from Toy Story 2, played by Kelsey Grammer. Um, Jackson Storm, who was from Cars 3, played by um, Army Hammer. And then Sir Miles Axelrod, who was from Cars 2, played by Eddie Izzard. He's my bottom of the pack villain. Sure. Um, And actually, I guess, yeah, going from... We'll go from number one to number three for me. Uh, Miles Axelrod is actually my most evil villain. And this is probably our biggest contention. Well, shy of the, the Carl Fredrickson. It's certainly case. our biggest ranking difference this entire yep. season, like on any category. Yep. Um, Miles Axelrod to me, and I, like, I understand your difference with him, but like me being, like being able to get past and seeing the cars as like, you know, the people in this story the dude literally was just trying to kill celebrities on air or on TV so he can make more money, which I was like, damn, that's, I mean, he straight up had, well, yeah, he even had like the, the evil German scientist car, Mm -hmm. um, developing weapons for him. And he killed, uh, two spy, one spy, killed one spy. I saw a YouTube video after the fact that was the cars two death count. And it's pretty high. Yep. Like, there's, like, I think six car deaths in the opening sequence, or eight car deaths. Yeah, well, like, there's plenty, like, where he, like, blows some, yeah, on the, um, on the, the oil barge. rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, also, I thought it was, 
like the the warships that they have attached to each thing that was just wild i mean they they were straight up trying to kill people um i mean so in same with incredibles like where all the henchmen are running around the island shooting and whatever but like yeah cars 2 straight up killed a lot of people if i will say this if sir miles axelrod was a human he would be my top villain or maybe number two behind evelyn sure Evelyn, I mean, Evelyn's right up there. Um, yeah, you had her at your number two spot. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to get back into how bad Evelyn is, but, like, she, maybe we will, because her whole thing was she hated that her dad, who got killed, was dependent on superheroes, so she tried to ruin all superheroes' lives by framing them. Meanwhile, her brother, who she was kind of in a business relationship with, was about to have this host this summit where he was going to nationally legalize, re-legalize superheroes, and she kind of foiled that plan and was using his power and resources to kind of take over the world with this, um, uh, what did they call the one, she had like oh. that special suit or whatever, and then she put like the one guy in it, she hypnotized him and... Oh, yeah, where she was, like, yeah, hypnotizing all the superheroes to do all of these things to keep them illegal. It was, like, a cyber suit thing. Yeah, I forget what the guy... I forget what the villain's name was. Um, But, yeah, that one, that was pretty wild. Um, I don't know that she necessarily intended to take over the world. I think her whole thing was, like, keep superheroes illegal. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, she tried to, like... She basically, like, Almost tried to kill herself, like, throwing herself out of a plane, and then um, Elastigirl came through and, like, saved her anyway. And that was, like, after she basically tried to kill the entire Parr family. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, a large part of that movie. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, she was my number two, and I think my number three was uh, Ernesto from Coco. Yeah, Ernesto de la Cruz, a character we haven't talked about yet today. Yeah. Ernesto... I mean, his whole thing is just... I mean, for one, he killed his best friend so he could steal his songs. Yeah, he became, poisoned his bandmate. Yeah. Which, yeah, poisoned his bandmate, and then, like, as soon as, like, Coco, like, kind of wanted to go back to the real world, um, he determined that Coco would ruin all of the gifts that he gets in the afterlife by telling people about what happened. So he was fully prepared to kill this small child to keep his legacy intact. And Coco wasn't related to De La Cruz, but he idolized him, right? Yeah. Well, but the whole movie, he thought he was he related. He thought was he like was. The twist. Yeah. But it was actually the guy that he was with in the afterlife mm-hmm. was the former bandmate of Ernesto. And his his great-great-grandfather. Right. He was the one that was kind of torn away out of the photo at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Kind of this whole really great plot of, like, you know, some tragedy happens within the family, and then kind of the family splits into these two parts where, you know, there's the half that doesn't believe in music and, like, kind of just all but banishes it from their life and then you know the artist in in coco whose dream is to be you know a touring musician yep really i thought one of the better plots yeah absolutely i think they i don't know it it also is one of the 
few with an actual plot twist. You know what I mean? That's true. Because most of the movies are pretty linear, pretty like, all right, A to B, they find, uh, they have some self-discovery, and that's it. This one was like, oh, shit is not as it seems. Yeah, pretty layered and also really leaned on the um, the the cultural aspect. It was kind of like there were a lot of moments that kind of, you know, a general audience would understand, but if you have more of an understanding of Mexican heritage or Dia de los Muertos. Um, there's just some things that are going to really resonate with you more. So I think that was kind of a, a leap for Pixar to kind of tell a cultural story. And we see a little more of that too. And I mean, I could argue soul Luca, yep. even brave a little bit. Yeah. They, um, they're definitely stepping out of their shell a little more with these newer movies. Yeah, and um, I don't think the last 10 years of Pixar has been bad. I think, no. if anything, it's kind of been a rebound from a little lull. Yes, well, it was all the sequels. I mean, we've we've talked about that. Finding Dory, trash. Cars 2 and 3, trash. Uh, Monsters U, trash light. Yeah, Monsters U is, like, very direct-to-video. He's still pretty funny. Yeah. Really funny, but kind of just felt cheap compared to the rest of them. Yeah. The laughs just felt cheap. The plot just felt kind of shallow. Yep. The whole movie felt kind of rushed. Um, the exception, I would say, would maybe be The Incredibles 2. I think that holds up pretty well. And I mean, they could do Toy Story to Toy Story 10, and I think it would It'd be fine. It would be fine. Yeah. I'm kind of interested. I I would, I don't know. After Toy Story 4, I don't know that I'd want another one. Well, hey, I, we got something to talk about here. Uh-huh. You know what I'm bringing up. I do know what you're bringing up. Since we've last uh, recorded, we've gotten a new trailer that's going to be a Pixar release, I believe, this spring or summer. Yep. And it exists in the Toy Story world. It is Lightyear um, to Infinity and Beyond. So that's the Buzz Lightyear story and very much departure from the previous films they have recast buzz lightyear it's gonna be chris pratt um and it is very realistic it looks more like wally than it looks like toy story yep um kind of a teaser trailer but also there is actual some real footage in there it's uh check it out see what you think we've talked off air about it but i guess all i'm gonna say about it here is it feels to me like a big budget movie that nobody was really really asking for. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It just feels like I I get the point of teaser trailers, but I don't know what they were expecting like like our reactions to be with this. Like it's the origin stories of Buzz Lightyear, but like the the character not like the toy but it looks more rooted in like true sci-fi and like it looks like an action movie yeah, it's well, like and that's why the teaser because like there's no way they go with that route hopefully but the only thing that could happen for like in our favor is that they do the sonic thing oh where where they totally where they get accosted it. by all of the internet and uh change shit up i do believe though right now that is what the movie's gonna look like That'd be a bummer. I just, it's weird because I don't think anyone was really asking for a serious Toy Story. I mean, some Toy Story stuff is pretty heavy to begin with. And it's like, they've proved that it's the first 
feature-length theatrical release from the Pixar studio. And it's also one of their more recent releases in Toy Story 4, and they've proved that they can still, like, up their game in, like, reanimating and repolishing these characters. Like, it looked good in 1995, and it looks good in 2021. It's like, I just don't get it. Exactly. I don't understand what their angle is. But, again, I'm, I'm hoping... Like, maybe that's why they released the teaser trailer. Like, oh, shit. So we're working on this, but we're going to see if you guys like it. I mean, they even had, like, a weird, spacey um, David Bowie cover. Yeah. Not a cover, really. But, yeah, weird, like, chopped up David Bowie song. And I, I really don't understand the angle here. Also, like, if you're going to do a serious movie about Buzz Lightyear... Like, there's that clip where, like, he sees, like, the, the trademark suit, right? That suit's supposed to look goofy. Like, that's the whole point. Right. So, to have this serious movie, but then he climbs into this weird white suit with, like, three big or four big buttons on it and, like, weird shit like that. I don't... I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sold on it, but uh, we will be back with an episode on that. We'll resurrect the show to do one episode, so stay tuned for that. Well, we also got Red. Red's oh, coming. Um, that one I'm pretty See, excited Seeing for. Red or something like that. Yeah, Seeing Red or something. Um, but yeah, it looks like a whenever this kid gets like flustered or anxious or something, she transforms into a giant red panda. Yeah. And I think that'll be a fun story. It looked pretty cute. Yeah. That's some classic Pixar stuff. Definitely. Well, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Where do we go uh, from here? I think we do. Oh, I guess to... you still have to do your, your bottom three villains. Oh, my bottom three. Um, I don't so, even remember who my bottom three were. I can I'm, feed them to you. I yeah. can defend my positions on them. Um, at number 13, your last one, you had Jackson Storm. Yeah, Jackson Storm for me, I mean, he was just, like, he was a dick, but he was he was just, like, a, a young hotshot replacing, like, the old, you know, the old guard. And uh, I don't, he didn't, up until, like, the very end, he didn't really do anything to deter anyone. He was just an asshole. Yeah, he was pretty low for me, too. He was at number 12. Um but yeah, number 12, your second to last, you had Gabby Gabby. Gabby Gabby, yeah. Um, I actually just listened to that episode, so I kind of might know your take more than you remember. But yeah, I think it had to do with her change of heart. The change of heart, I think, was a big part. But then the other part of it was like her intentions. Like It was kind of a do anything to get what I want, which is one thing but like all she wanted was like the voice box yep like she just wanted her shot to be happy um and yeah i don't think gabby gabby again while these are all villains like we chose to rank them not justifying their actions but like kind of like car or charles months for me charles or like they weren't really villainous. Like, they weren't setting out to do something villainous. It just, that was kind of their knee-jerk reaction to it. Yeah. To the situation, or the hand they were dealt. No, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, 
Your third to last, though, um, we shared the same spot for Stinky Pete, the evil yeah, prospector. The evil prospector. From uh, Woody's Roundup. I mean, he's just a toy who hates kids, so like, eh, I get it. He's just real-life Kelsey Grammer as a prospector. <laughs> and Kelsey Grammer ever dressed up as Stinky Pete for like a Halloween costume? Mm, maybe. That would be terrifying, but... I think, wasn't that like a Frasier reunion in that movie? Wasn't, um, oh, um, what's his name? Um, I'm, I'm blanking out super hard here. Um, Uh, David Hyde Pierce, wasn't he in that too? I don't know. Maybe. I'm pretty sure David Hyde Pierce was in Toy Story 2. Could be wrong. We'll look this up be kind of funny oh no he was in uh a bug's life oh he was slim oh yeah that's he was the stick that's right it was probably my favorite bug actually that might have been one of my my favorite bits was um in cars where they were like that ending credit scene in cars where they're watching pixar movies but in the universe of cars like a toy bug's life yeah you are a toy car <laughs> a toy car story yes. a car story i forget what it was yeah yeah um there was a third one too oh uh monsters inc monsters inc they did uh and then yeah they did a bug's life bug's life yeah but yeah those that was probably one of my favorite like tie-in bits you know most of the time with the like the easter eggs that they hide in the movies they're very subtle yeah that one was just like here is a fun thing different universe Right, or if they're not subtle, they don't really draw attention to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite moments as well. Monsters, Inc. just might have like the best sense of humor out of any of the Pixar films. And I think it just comes from having the on-screen duo of Billy Crystal and John Goodman playing these lovable monsters and like... John Goodman's kind of just like this lovable, gentle giant, whereas Sully, you know, Billy Crystal's character is kind of this neurotic, anxious little ball of nervous energy. And I think it just it plays so well and it sets up for so many great jokes. The writing in that movie is so good. The um, the soundtrack, the Randy Newman soundtrack just fits super well. Yeah, it's very jazzy. Um and it's easy to kind of personify those characters and picture them as like real life factory workers. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like they're they're just trying to make ends meet. They you know they're they're nine to five people. Yeah. You know, shout out to anti work subreddit. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say they were definitely nice at Baldman where I felt like uh, Sully and you were acting like Mike. <laughs> or, or, or excuse me, yeah, yeah. I thought I screwed up their names. No, that was right. Wait, you're the big level person. I'm the neurotic one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know about that business. It's why you're on the anti-work subreddit yeah, all the time. Uh, exactly. I suppose that makes me the nerd. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, I'll I'll take that I'll take that tap on the chin. That's fine. It wasn't it wasn't a shot. <laughs> Light jab. Light jab. Um, you ready to rank this beer? I'm ready to rank this beer. I think. Uh, uh, do we want to say our ranking at the same time? yeah three two one rank yes right as is tradition 
Ready? Yep. Three, two, one, five. five. Yep. <laughs> this beer is so fucking good. I love it when it works out that yeah, way. Exactly. That, that was nice. I one of the when I was going back through making sure we had all the notes or all the rankings, and we did that once before. And it was really weird. I think it was four seven four nine, if I remember right. Okay. But yeah, this beer is just fantastic. Like this is everything I want out of a Belgian. Did um, you give the last beer a four eight? Was that right? The suds. Yeah, I gave it a four eight. This four might eight. be on track for your highest rated episode for beers. I was gonna say I what was the there was one episode where we had some real strong ratings. Um. Um, I can give you an idea where it would have been. We had, I mean, that Humble Forager Enchanted Island we really liked. Yep. That beer is, that, yes. Summit EPA was up there. Um, what episode did we do Summit? Um, that is a great question. I feel like it was earlier on in the season. Yep. Um, I was going to say Monsters, Inc., but I think it was later than that. Um. I'm trying to think what summit would have been. I think we had some like bangers for Good Dinosaur, if I remember right. That sounds right. I know we had some Toppling Goliath for them. Yeah, but I, I remember not like the oh no, the King Sue is Summit we had for um Um Cars Two. Oh, thank God. Along with Inbound's Pedal Pounder, which I don't think ranked super high yeah that was in the mid threes for us not bad um i think finding dory was another heavy hitter for beers we had the utapils pontoon afternoon uh, i love that beer that was that was a banger of a beer that yeah. was uh that was good. <laughs> in the fours for both of us and then also we had the portage and brew uh, uh portage and uh ambibulous collab which I don't think ranked oh, four ones. So, yeah, we've had a couple episodes where we've gotten multiple four beers in. It's kind um, of it's kind of fun. Like, yeah, like some of like the our least favorite movies had some of the best beers involved. Yeah. Um, the other one I'm looking at right here was uh, whew, real high ratings for Ratatouille. Our beers for that one, we uh, have the yep. Dot and Line King Cognac, which we each gave four point fours. Yep. And we had the Degard Buvo, which was a beer that I flew back from Portland. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the um, the Dot and Line one that came from um, came from my dad actually. He uh, one of one of their clients that they use, or yeah, one of their clients has like a brewery attached to their building, and like they just a small tap room. But that King Cognac was fantastic. Um, I think I used like French spiral hot or French spiral wheat, I think was what yes. it was. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> that was another. Or no, oak spirals. Oak spirals. That's right. Yeah. French oak spirals. That was like another weird thing dealing with that for this, this series is like trying to find beers that kind of played. We had to take some pretty heavy, pretty long walks a couple of times, but. I had a lot of fun. Also, shout out to Ambibulous because they helped me a lot. <laughs> They're the best, man. Yeah. I, 
maybe you should get a job there. Even just a part-timer. Stop in a couple days a week and stock some shelves, sling some beer, get a nice sweet, sweet employee discount. That would be cool. Although I swear to God, I've never paid full price there. It's true. Like between industry discounts and which you no longer freq- have well, though. Frequent customer discounts. There you go. There I got go. that one still. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever paid full price for my order while I'm there. Yeah. yeah. It's probably just the, the charming wink you give them every time. Uh, that is true. The pets to the husky. <laughs> I haven't seen Luna in a bit. Damn. Yeah. Hope she's all right. I hope so. Maybe we're just going in on the wrong day. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, speaking of beer rating, well, do you want to give some beer ratings and then... Well, you gave our top beers. Not yet. No? No. Oh. Did we did we want to do another beer this episode? I think if we split like a pounder, we can do it. If we dive into another full bottle, um, I will be sleeping here in the studio. All right. We'll tell you what. Why don't you uh, sing a song or drum a little bit, and uh, I'll be back how, with our third beer. How about we... I mean, we can go to break. We can do that. Does Nathan have to tinkle? Nathan might have to tinkle. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick little break, and we will be back with one final beer, a final beer review, our overall beer reviews, and our final film reviews. Stay tuned. What up? Welcome back. We're still here, drinking beer, doing what we do. You know how we do. If you don't know, then it never really mattered. Um, I talked Nate into a third beer. He did. This is the modest collaboration with Quantum Mirror, and it is the Hex Code Coconut, Pineapple, and Marshmallow Lager. A big old what the fuck from the Suds Buds. Um, yep. Augmented reality and NFTs and... I don't really get it. Um, it says Quantum Mirror X Rem 5 VR Lab X Modest. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know a lot about this one. I read into about it about as much as I would like to at this point. Fair. Um, um, just just gonna go on a on a little limb here. Um, well, I am a firm firm believer in crypto. Um, NFTs are fucking trash. Like that is it is a horrible investment. Um, and I've I've argued with people on NFTs before, but an NFT for those who are unfamiliar is literally buying a receipt saying you own a piece of art or music or like the first tweet on Twitter. Like, just owning some piece of the digital landscape. Yeah, dude, but they're non-fungible. Yeah, I understand. You can't forge the receipt for the thing that you bought. But guess what I can forge? I can right-click save as on literally anything people own. Like, it is... the, the thing. One of the bigger things I don't trust about it is how many celebrities these um, venture capitalists are getting on board with it. Like, 
it is it's like a money sink that they just won't give up on like they won't take the loss and they're just doubling down every time um actually there was an nft is like been this big thing with an nft that got sold um where some the person who owned it got hacked their nft got stolen and like people have just been like shitting on them or people were talking about uh nft music like that's not i saw that that's never a thing who well like or there's um yeah that's never going to be a thing like they can try but it who gives a shit um but there was a what was the other one one of the the big perpetuators of this thing is um the actually it's the nba um they oh with like their trading cards and stuff yeah well like the the clips where you can buy clips of plays sure so those are nfts and you can buy them um however with those you don't actually own the rights to that footage right like you technically own the footage except that you couldn't ever use that footage for anything like you will get copy you will get sued for copyright infringement if you try to use that footage so all you're doing is owning a piece of footage that you can't do anything with and you can only like sell it or keep it to other people who give a shit about that yeah like it is a weird way to sink money and i don't know like it the other part with like minting people being able to mint the same piece of art over and over again like i'm not saying like obviously i can see the mona lisa i can see pictures of it i could get high res versions of that i understand that portion but i don't have to pay to do that like i can just get it you're saying oh this is cool because i own the first one Mm. or the 10th one or the 20th one it's literally a receipt that people can't like copy or, or that people can't steal but that's as far as it goes yeah i mean all those things they just they have they're worth whatever the people in that community will pay for them it's just a matter of how long is that community going to be around and i guess that's what we're yep. we're yet to see that so. exactly and how much money are again venture capitalists willing to throw into this to try to recoup their losses they saw it as like another cryptocurrency and they're trying to make it work there. I've never seen people try to force something so much, but like at, at the beginning, like when I first heard about NFTs and like I started looking into it, I've never felt so much like a, like a boomer. Yeah. Like here's something I don't understand. And I think it's stupid. Yeah. And then the more I read into it, it's like, no, it is stupid. This is dumb. Don't put your money into it. Couldn't have said it better. And uh, that's Nate Uppadel. You can catch him most Thursdays here in the third <laughs> act of the show for his uh, finance advice. But so. augmented reality, which this can has, is pretty cool. I like it's the project. Cool. It's one of those, like, it's... There's a lot more you can do with it. Um, this is just kind of like a taste. Yeah. But, like, there's a lot of things you can do with augmented reality. Um well, speak, that, speaking of taste, have you even tasted the beer I yet? I have not tasted the beer. We've, I thought we were doing a slow pour episode. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Not on this one. You, I, I want you to try this. I've had a few sips, and it's a doozy. 
That's weird. Okay. That's a motto spear. It's a lager, but... But it's a marshmallow pineapple lager? Yeah, I'm trying to see if anywhere on here if it says it's got lactose in it. It's got milk sugar and vanilla beans. It's kind of, milk sugar is kind of like the new lactose thing. Pilsner malt, milk sugar, marshmallows, pineapple, coconut, vanilla beans. I don't know. I kind of like it. I'll share my thoughts later on it. But in the meantime, let's do... You want me to talk more about NFTs and, and, and crypto and... You know, I think I'm good. Maybe we'll save that for another Thursday. Fair but, enough. Uh, what do you say we do our film reviews? Ooh, are we not doing the beer reviews? I think we have to wait till we finish this one. Fair enough. But our film reviews, I will just read off what we got. If there's any disputes or anything you want to change, just stop me and let me know. All right. But I'll start with you on this one. We will start with your bottom of the pack. Bottom of the pack. Your least favorite of the Pixar library is film number 24, Cars 2. I got no disputes with that. You know, you gotta you gotta take your wins and that look is... at the silver linings. You did get your top villain out of the worst movie. Yep, that uh, Cars 2 is, um, it is a Larry the Cable Guy movie, but a Pixar movie. And that ain't it. And it's about five years after Larry the Cable Guy was kind of relevant. Yep. I shouldn't say kind of relevant. That dude was a monster for a while there. Yep. Like, yeah. I mean, he has, yeah, so many movies where it's just like, what if we did this old trope, but we threw Larry the Cable Guy back in? Yes. And it's like, okay. Yep. So, yeah, there was that one. Then there was um, Cars 3. Which you had at your number twenty three spot. Okay. Yeah. I would uh I would agree with that. Cars three I don't know, maybe it was just that cars two burnt me out so much, but like Cars three was a a road trip movie where Lightning McQueen couldn't see past himself. Like you're the person you're supposed to be rooting for is basically his own villain the entire movie. Yeah. Which is just, it's one of those, like, you can see it from the outside, and you're waiting for the character to catch up. Sure. That's fair. Um, And then, at your number 22 spot, your third from the bottom, you have Finding Dory. I am not shocked about that. Honestly, I was more shocked that Finding Dory took his spot above Cars 3. Um, Finding Dory, I don't know, I just thought that movie was a mess. Like, yeah. it was, like, how many... Finding Nemo was a huge success. They did Finding Dory, or, yeah, Finding Dory. And they're, like, how many celebrities could we possibly get to do this? Yeah. And they sacrificed basically all of, like, the story for cameos. Sure. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it had its moments. It was really pretty, but the story was pretty meh. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah. not like I it's it's a weird lineup with Pixar movies because like you kind of like that most of them are good like most of them are very good even if they're like low or like bottom of the pack things like that but I would say those are probably the only three movies that I watched throughout this whole thing that I did not enjoy I can agree with that like I would never watch those movies again 
Like Coco, I've been thinking about watching Coco as soon as I get home. Yeah, I would never watch Cars 3 again for sure. Sure. I would maybe watch Cars 2 again just because it's so bad. Like there's some really actually like just comically bad parts in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like Michael Caine playing like an Aston Martin is kind of funny. Sure. Um, Finding Dory, I might have to give another chance. I really only watched that once and was really not super happy with it. Um, yeah, I've only seen that movie once ever. Yeah. And that was pretty whatever but i think i'll give that one another shot but um that's your bottom three what you got in your bottom three pal hopping over to my bottom three we have at the very bottom cars two just like you yep um second to last we have cars three just like you and then third from last i actually have inside out inside out okay so that's probably one of the more forgettable Pixar films, I feel like. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't hate it. There was also just nothing particularly memorable, and I really liked the cast, but I did feel like... I don't know. Just, there's something about that movie. It just didn't quite do it for me. Forgettable, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, and I, I can see that, like... There weren't any great laughs. There weren't any great, I don't know, even like the the soul-searching part. Like, you're seeing, I don't know, it's kind of hard, like, seeing emotions, like, embodiments of emotions trying to have other emotions. But they're kind of incapable of it. Yeah. But, I get it. Okay. Um, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to switch this list around, and we're going to go through our top five favorite films. Top five? Oh, come, 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 come. So I'm going to read yours off. Starting in your number five spot, you have Monsters, Inc. In your number four spot, you have Toy Story 4. Okay. In your number three spot, you have The Incredibles. Okay, so far no notes. Like, I'm worried that there's going to be something up there where I'm like, ah, no, I want to move that. It's pretty solid to me so far. I'm looking at this and I'm like, I, I maybe I need to change some of mine around. <laughs> but um, number two, you've got Ratatouille. Okay. And then number one, you have Toy Story. The OG. The OG. I, I, I don't know. It was really hard with Toy Story. Like, that movie was like a childhood defining kind of movie and also yeah like I, I couldn't really look past the nostalgia value of that so like while it might not be like the most honest list i would say that I, i'm i'm standing by it awesome you know what i mean that's fair i think i mean yeah i mean it, it, again at the end of the day we are not we don't work for pixar we do work in the beer industry. We're just kind of, you know, two guys that like beer and, and happen to like Pixar movies. And this is just kind of, it's a lot of personal input. But we, we did put our time and research into this. And we did try to um, watch them as unbiased and analytically as possible. Yeah. So I know I held on to Bug's Life probably longer than I should have. But, um, Bugs Life is, I mean, it's still up there for you. It's, you got it at your number eight spot, okay. but Ratatouille didn't make it into top five. 
Ratatouille is your number two. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Yeah, you had you had one Toy Story, two Ratatouille, three Incredibles, uh, four Toy Story four, and then five was Monsters Inc. All right, all strong films, most definitely. But uh, hopping over to mine, um, I have all but one of the same films that you listed Ooh, in my top five. Okay, one pretty big variant here. Um, so. At number one, eh, we'll start with five. At number five, I have Monsters, Inc., just like you. Number four, I have Toy Story, the original. Number three, same as you, The Incredibles. Number two, also same as you, Ratatouille. And then number three, not our biggest difference on this list, but still difference by six places. I have Soul as my number one film, and you have it as your number six. Okay. A thought about disputing this. I'm not going to go into a long tangent, as I'm known to do. Um, But what I will say is this. I think Soul is... If you're looking at Pixar films as like the Disney marketing juggernauts that they really are, the films Mm -hmm. that sell the most toys during the holiday seasons, the films that are most likely to have, uh, you know a ride at Toy Story named after their likeness. Soul is not one of these films. No. You're not going to see a Joe Gardner action figure at Target. You're not going to probably see a Soul, you know, ride to, to hell at uh, <laughs> Epcot. Um, but I think Soul does have arguably the best story in Pixar. I think it does a good job of... Um, Capturing some adult themes while also telling a pretty family-friendly story, kind of exploring themes of death and things like that, but just really well done, really well cast, great soundtrack, great visuals, and I guess it also just happens to have the luck of being one of the more recent Pixar films, so it is very polished and pretty. But It is, very, it is a very pretty movie. Yeah, so that's... Uh, that's my number one, which, I mean, it's kind of crazy that Pixar, I mean, this is something that's been a, been a big part of my life since I was, like, one years old. And uh, my favorite of them all is a movie that came out when I was an adult. So, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I think it just shows what love I actually have for these films. Um, it shows Pixar's still got it. That's again, very true. Again, we, we've discussed it a couple times, but... They went through a rough patch. Mm-hmm. Yep, they really did. But um, sequel city. Yes, the the money printing in or the money printing time. Can we also just agree that like Good Dinosaur, while not a great movie or a bad movie, it's probably the most mediocre out of the Pixar films. Yeah, I I, I mean, really did love some of the characters. Me too, and I had a lot of really good laughs with it. But yeah, it was not. I don't know. You put it at 12, and I put it at 15, and I feel like that's pretty representative. Yeah. Um, where did I put Onward? Uh, 11 for you, 12 for me. Okay. Onward was Onward was a weird one. Yeah. I did not... I know I was... When I was listening to some episodes, um, I know I said I wasn't overly excited for Onward, but that movie, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a fun... You know, new new universe, new everything, like a fun new way to look at things. Um, yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job with that, but it was 
very middle of the pack. Yeah, I liked Onward, but yeah, I agree. Definitely middle of the pack. But hey, speaking of fun, I got a fun fact. I don't know what to do. A fun fact. So fun fact, our biggest variance in films was A Bug's Life. You had it as your eighth favorite film, right in your top ten. I had it at number 18. Oh, damn. So really when you think about it, it's only 10 spots and there's 24 films. So not that crazy difference, but still the biggest variance. Okay. Um, that's all I got for the film spreadsheet. And that's basically a wrap on the Pixar portion of the show. We're going to have a couple more sips of this beer in front of us. Yeah. Give you our... Uh... I saved you one last sip. I appreciate that. I got a little, I got some mixed feelings about this one. Um, I'm going to put my rating down on paper before you even talk about it. Fair enough. Just to not be swayed. I appreciate that. Um, I'm getting uh, a lot of like pineapple upside down cake with this beer. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's pineapple, but it doesn't have like the pineapple punch kind of feel to it. Like that, um, that citric acid kind of like sharpness that pineapple can have. It's a bingo. It's like the sweet part of pineapple coming out. No acidity, no tartness, Mm -hmm. very soft. The milk sugar adds kind of this nice creamy base. Yep. You know, I would have sworn if I tried this blind, that this was a beer that was very lactose up. Yep. Um, Although I've, I think we had their like Berliner vice on, an episode the coconut lime one yeah love that beer i hated that beer i know i that was i sent you a photo of that one one night you did dude i love this thing like that one and it's my fault part of it's my fault i will accept some blame for this because i saw berliner vice and i didn't read any more into it and i was like oh this will be cool like i you know you know how my affinity for bubbles Mm mm-hmm and uh, that one, yeah, then the lactose came. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, that one, it cut me to my core. Nah, that's extreme. It, no, it's, it cut me to my core. I was I was fully <laughs> expecting a nicely carbonated Berliner Weiss. And what I got was essentially a milkshake. Fair. I did not even finish the beer. But again... Had I known that there was lactose in it, I might not have had my expectations set so high. So, like, part of it's on me for not reading it. But also, at a certain point, when you add lactose to a beer, like, it should almost be a different style. Yeah. I mean, like, I understand, like, a malt, like, your bills are there. Yeah, your, your grain bills, your hot bills, whatever. All of that's there, so it's technically a style that you added something to, but lactose just ruins it for me. It really does. Even in, like, a milk stout? Not necessarily in a milk stout, but, again, because milk stout has it in the name. Like, that's what the style's for. I'm not going to buy a milk stout and be upset that lactose is in it. Sure. That would be, you know, ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, this one, this one's weird. Um, knowing that it had like that, the milk sugar bit into it, um, I think I'm going to put it at like a, I think I'm going to go three, five with this beer. I do like it. Um, 
I think is like a, a fun novelty. But like this is not something that I would do. I wouldn't buy it again. But like if somebody wanted to try something weird, I'd be like, oh yeah, definitely do that. Like it's it's not bad. It's just not something I would go for. Yeah, I kind of halfway bought it just based on the can design, and then when I picked it up and read what was in it, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely grabbing one of these, <laughs> but just one of these because this yep. is a massive gamble, and it's a pretty pricey beer too. Yeah. Um, I'm actually lower than you. I'm going to be 3.1, okay. and I'm put it at 3.1 because for me it's just above that justification mark for would I buy it again. Mm-hmm. Would I buy it again in a four-pack at, like, probably $20, I'm guessing, is what it would cost? No. Would I buy a single to be like, yo, you want to try something weird? Yeah, probably. It's, yep. uh, I mean, it comes with a augmented reality Instagram filter. Like, that's a conversation starter right there. People yep. can pass it around and scan it, and it can be a weird thing. It's, uh, it's weird. And exactly. It's, it's weird, just weird enough to justify buying a second time. And it's 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 like a fun kind of weird. Yeah. Like augmented reality is again, I think a very cool thing to look into. Um but like I'm not judging the beer based on the augmented reality bit of it, you know. You right. could you could slap that onto any can. And I've made a lot worse purchases purchases based on gimmicks where it's like at the end of the day, did I buy this based on the shiny label? Yes. Was it, like, not consumable? No, it was fine. Yep. It's it's a 3.1 beer for me, and it's a 3.5 from you. So, that being said, that takes us to our final beer of the season. And I gotta say, we probably should have done one more, <laughs> because... Uh, Finishing out on a middle-of-the-pack beer is kind of weird. Well, we were finishing out at 49 ranked beers oh. on the season. Do we take a break? I'm sure we got like a 12-ounce a beer in that fridge. Uh, why don't we just rank the one that we drank before the show off here? Oh, well, no, we, we've already done that one. Not on, Not on this, this season. season, yeah. Okay, we could do that. Um, the beer we drank before was the Indeed Pistachio Cream Ale. Um, I'm sure plenty of people have had that beer. That beer quickly became one of Indeed's like best sellers. Um, uh, they've tried to do some variants. I know they did like a, I think it was like a macaroon, um, cream ale. Like they've they've tried to like, oh, can we expand on this? And I don't think it really hit the same. No. But the pistachio cream ale, um, I don't know. I really dig it. Like. It's it's a fun gimmick beer, um, but it's got a really nice pistachio flavor. Like that's like that whole, like the green pudding thing that you get at a family event, like or like oh, the dude. green uh, the green dyed muffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I love that beer. I'm setting that comfortably at a four point six. Four point six. Whoa. Okay. I, I really like it. It's super light, and it's I could crush it, a few of them. Yeah, it hits it hits the notes. I don't know that I could do that many of them. Yeah. Like, I think at a certain point, I kind of get beyond the pistachio flavor, and I'm like, okay, yep, now I get it. Um, so I'm probably going to go with a solid four on this one. Like, absolutely would buy it. 
Um, and I've bought it a couple times and it's like a fun beer to bring to like family events that like you don't have a lot of, or your, your family doesn't drink like a lot of craft beer. Um, but I do think it's more in the gimmick sector. I got nothing wrong with gimmick or nothing against gimmick beers. Like it's fun. It's fun to see what can be accomplished, but, um, yeah, I think 4.0. 4.0. Well, there you go. Solid ratings, and uh, we get to bring our beer list to a satisfying mm. close at 50 on the season. That's 50 ranked. We're not counting our seltzers or our ciders or our Oktoberfest. Um, yeah. I shouldn't say that. We do have one cider on the list, but uh, that was for a different episode. Yeah, it wasn't the cider episode. Correct. Yeah. But... I'm going to start with my bottom, and I just want to start by saying this is not to shit on any breweries. This is just, you know, analytics. Yep. So we're going to do our bottom three and our top five again. So my bottom three, I've got the Tin Whiskers, Rocket Pop, Dream State, Cream Ale. Oh, I remember that one. All I'm going to say on that one is I found something in the bottom of my glass that wasn't supposed to be there. (laughs) Moving on. Ladonia, Big Mama Blonde. It was fine. I gave that a 2.6. It's towards the bottom of my list. I mean, you see the jump there. My bottom beer is a 1.2. My second last was a 2.6. Wasn't the Big Mama like a a smoked blonde ale or something, right? If I remember right. Like there was something in it where it was like, okay, I don't. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't have that in front of me, but it, uh, it could be. And then uh, my third from the bottom at 2.7 rating, I have the Wild Minds Ideal, which was a German Pilsner. That was the, no, that was the Italian Pilsner. Ideal A. That was for Luca. We did that one. Oh, you're right. It looks <laughs> like they have an Ideal and they have an Ideal A. Correct. Yep. Um, yeah, they did, I think, just a different, that would have been a different malt bill. Like they were like basically built out the same, but they just kind of changed one ingredient per. Sure. Interesting. Yeah, German Pilsner and Italian Pilsner. I'm gonna look up this uh, Ladonia one too over here. Um, the Big Mama. I think that's a flagship of theirs. I'm just curious what else was in. It. I thought it was just straight up blonde. I thought it was like a. Maybe it is, but like Ladonia, one thing I do kind of love about them is that a lot of their beers, like even their Oktoberfest, like it's got a very unique take on it. Um, sure. Like there's always something a little different about the beer, which I have. I don't know. I really enjoy it. Looks like it's just a blonde ale. Oh. But. Anywho, that's my bottom three. Don't take it as a knock. If anyone affiliated with any of those breweries are listening. Are we doing my bottom three or are we doing your top? We'll do your bottom three. So your bottom three, you have at the very bottom, Tin Whiskers, Rocket Pop, Dream State Cream Ale. You didn't have the worm that I had in the bottom. I didn't have the worm, but it was, it wasn't a real worm, but it was, I remember seeing that. I love that you corrected me the same way in the episode, too. You're like, <laughs> just for clarification, it's not a real worm. It's just like a gross, like, quarter-inch strand of, like, yeast or something in there. Yeah. 
Um, your second from the bottom, you also had the Ideale. We're a sucker for Pilsners. I mean, we are, if you yeah. weren't Mr. Belgian, you'd probably be Mr. Pilsner, but I'm Mr. Pilsner, so. You are Mr. Pilsner. That's what everybody says. I'd probably be Mr. Heffy. Actually, yeah, that that's a much, yeah. You're, you're tall like a wheat glass. Aw, thanks, Aww. buddy. <laughs> I don't know if that was even a nice thing to say. It's like a nothing thing. I'm a Heffy because I'm white. <laughs> All right, sure. I guess. <laughs> well, I can't be a dunkle. I mean, Heffies at least have, like, they have a much longer season. So, like, people are able to, like, really get into that one. Dunkelweizens is just that weird, like, not that places don't have dunkles all year round, but, like, that is a very particular time of the year that I do a dunkle. You know what Heffy means, though, right? No. Light. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. so... Wizened is just the the wheat portion of the word. Sure. And heffy implies light. Dunkel implies dark. So it's when you figure that out, it's like it makes a dunkel Wizen seem a lot less fancy than what it is. Because, I mean, half a Wizen, it's a pretty, like, people who have homebrewed or, like, are into German beers, like, they're familiar with it. It's yeah. been around for a while. There's some big macro brands that have brewed it. Um, the dunkel, on the other hand, though, is a little more foreign and you try to explain that to people and they're like what and i'm just like it's a darker version of the heffy i explained it to dave gardner's um sorry diving deep deep talk deep here cut. but nate had his little going away night his final shift yesterday was a very sweet night i went and stopped and visited got to hang out with some of the regulars on the other side of the bar which was kind of refreshing and uh talked to one of our regulars and his girlfriend and she came up and she was drinking a Dunkel and I was also drinking a short Dunkel and she's like, is that the Dunkel Weizen? And I'm like, it is. And he's like, uh, yeah, it's just, I never really liked that beer. It's not my thing. I'm not, it's too weedy. And I'm like, I just sell it to people. I tell them, do you like the Hefeweizen? They're like, yes. I'm like, try this. It's a little more malty, a little more caramely. Yep. It tastes like banana bread. And she like looked at me kind of inquisitively and then took a sip of it. And like looked at me again and took another sip of it. And she's like, it's banana bread. And mm. I'm like, it's kind of crazy, right? Like, yes. It's like that wine label thing where you might not try it and immediately think that. But once you have that on your brain, you're like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. kind of there is. It is. Yep. Like, Especially because ours like really hits all those notes. It's yeah. pretty sweet. Um, I was the way I was kind of described as I'm like. Do you like Oktoberfest? Do you like Hefeweizens? I'm like, this is like a nice hybrid right here. It really is. Yeah. A nice multi Hef. We still have the October on tap, right? Sure do. We don't have the Hefe, but we do have it in can. We do have Hefe canned. I'm going to mix it and see. <laughs> I'm going to do an experiment when I'm opening. I'm going to see how close I can ratio it to get so it that taste. it tastes like the other one. Because I bet I can get it pretty damn close i don't think i'll be able to fool tristan with it no but i do think i do want to get it to a point where i'm like this is about as close as i can get it <laughs> and give him a sample and be like try this what do you think and then what do you think it is exactly like i brewed this <laughs> this is a homebrew i i came in and unlocked the place set the alarm after hours and uh had a brew day exactly <laughs> i brewed myself you weren't using the fermentation tank so it's fine i made a an eric weizen <laughs> Love that. Suck it. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah boy. Yeah, yeah. Bring it. <laughs> I don't like what we just did there. Fred Durst, no. Um, all right. We're going to close things out. We've been rambling men for a little while here. Um, these are my top five favorite beers this season. Actually, we'll just do it this way. These are our top five favorite beers. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like they're all right there. We have a drop off after number five. Our number six is, is different, but uh, these are our top five. Five five star beers? Not quite. We oh. have four five stars and a tie at a 4.8. Okay. Our tie at a 4.8 was the Humble Forager Enchanted Island. Yep. I remember that one. Real tasty. That was a really, really good beer. Then at number four, we have the Bald Man Into the Void at a five-star. These are all five-star ties at this point. Uh, Summit EPA, shout out to the Yellow Label. Freaking love that beer. Yep. Uh, Portage Brewing, Abstract Substance, which I had to look up, actually. Um, It is a table beer with basil, juniper berries, Meyer Lemon, freaking delicious yes i i was i got to listen to that episode when i was pulling rankings and uh yeah we were both very jazzed about that beer it's one of those beers that i remember loving but i don't remember at all what it tastes like it tastes like basil and juniper and <laughs> i want it in a table beer i want it all right find me one <laughs> um and then our number one well tied for number one with the other four uh le fin du monde which le we drank on this episode monde. What a great way to close it out. Fantastic. We done good, kid. We done good. We done good. I am Eric Anderson. That's Nate Up Padel. We are the Suds Buds. So long. Thanks for the beers. It's uh it's not so much a goodbye as it is a see you later. In the meantime, you can check us out on Instagram at Suds Buds Pod. That's S U D Z B U D Z pod uh feel free to shoot us an email we're at gmail.com that's uh s-u-d-z-b-u-d-z pod at gmail.com we got time on our hands we got time nate's nate's job hunting i'm coming up on a a break from from school because i'm a student boy again we're gonna take a couple weeks off of podcasting so shoot us questions we'd love to hear from you we miss you and uh Thanks for listening, everybody. Woo!